0: and welcome our evangelist tonight. Brother Riley Martin come and preach to us. God bless you. Let's give that hand clap to God. I love what I feel in this place tonight. There's just a such such a sweet presence of of God in here. I'm so honored just to be in a in a church that's on fire for God, just to go from my home church straight to this church, just fire to fire. I love it. I love it. I honor your pastor here tonight. I, I honor his his love and his, his love for the ministry and his desire to get young people involved who feel called by God. Their family has been so amazing to me. I, I can't thank you all enough. I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity. However, I'm not here to prove myself or anything. I'm here for the same reason that you're here. I'm here to praise God. I'm here to see something from God. I'm here to see God do something in this place here today. Clap your hands and worship tonight if you believe that God's going to move in here. Isaiah 66 and 9 says, shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord. Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God? 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Tonight I feel strongly to speak on the topic of seven barren promises. Seven barren promises. Let's pray here tonight. God, we're expecting something in this place here today. God, we know that your word is already anointed. Lord, I pray, God, that you would anoint my lips of clay. Lord, let me speak, Lord, to these people, anoint every heart and every ear to hear what you have to say in this place. God, we want to see a demonstration of your power, a demonstration of your spirit here in this room. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we're believing it, God, and we're praying for it. In your name, in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, and you may be seated. In the Old Testament, in the book of Joel, God promises that in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. In Acts chapter 2, that promise is fulfilled and then reestablished that in the last days, God's spirit will again be poured out upon all flesh. And then in 1901, some college students got desperate in Topeka, Kansas, and again, God fulfilled his promise and poured out his spirit. That fire has been burning and growing and spreading all throughout this world ever since that time. Is there anybody in here from the outset of this message that's thankful for the Holy Ghost and thankful for God's Spirit? Let's just praise Him for a little bit for His Spirit and His Holy Ghost in this place. According to one specific count, there are 3,573 promises of God in the Bible. 3,573. His promises range anywhere from taking care of our financial needs to the wonderful promise that we have of eternal life. But tonight I want to hone in on seven women whose promise was completely impossible, but God stepped in. Completely impossible, but God stepped in. Seven women of faith, of perseverance, of patience, of trust. Seven barren women in the Bible who God turned their barrenness around and blessed abundantly. Right. Genesis eleven and thirty, it says, but Sarai was barren; she had no child. See, Sarah, Sarah was given a promise of heritage, uh-huh. a promise for her family. Hebrews eleven eleven says, by faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. By faith, Sarah herself. See, first off, you can't obtain your promise by somebody else. Sarah laughed in the face of the angel, then denied her laughter, but God said, you can't run from my promises. God promised Abraham and Sarah a family over and over and over again. He said, By you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. You're going to have a family. You're going to have a destiny. Your family is going to serve me. I'm looking for somebody in here in this place who wants to see their family up here. They want to see their family come up to the front. They want to see their family at the altar. They want to see their family saved. Someone whose chance at heaven is 0%. But God said, oh no, oh no. It may be barren in this world, but with God, all things are possible. But God spoke the word. Somebody better receive that right now, that your family is going to be saved. Your family is going to be right here. Your family is coming into this place. Someone claim the promise of your family. Genesis 25 and 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Rebekah was barren, but Rebekah was given a promise of blessing. She was given a promise of blessing. She bears forth twins, Jacob and Esau. Jacob is the one whose line is, is set to go forth, but Jacob was a liar he was a thief he was he was walking the line if you want what God has you can't keep tricking yourself you can't keep tricking yourself to thinking that you're you're walking straight forth you're walking in God's will but you're walking on the line and you're teetering back and forth if you want what God has you've got to turn around Jacob didn't get his promise until he wrestled with the angel He didn't get his promise until he stayed up all night and wrestled with the angel. You've got to have some determination. Your joint may be knocked out. You may have a limp. You may walk a different way for the rest of your life. But we've got to hold on to that blessing. We need some old-fashioned Pentecostal grit that says, forget the sins of this world. If I, I don't care if it means I have to crawl my way to church, if it means I have to drag my way to church through hell and high water, I'm going to get my blessing. I'm going to get my promise. In the name of Jesus. Genesis 29 and 31. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Rachel, barren for years, while Leah, her sister, is having children after children after children. She's in jealousy of Leah, in jealousy day after day. God's prospering Leah. Leah has kids after kids. That was her sole purpose, was to have a child, but she could not, not Rachel. God was blessing Leah, but not Rachel. God was using Leah, but no, not Rachel. She finally bears forth a son. She gets her one chance at glory, her one chance to be used by God. Her son is destined for great things, spoken to by God through visions and dreams to do great things. But he goes down into a pit, down into a dungeon, down and down and down and beat and beat in trial after trial. But holding on to that barren promise that his mother brought forth of his own life. For every Joseph in this room, favor is coming. Hold on. Favor is coming. Hold on. Jesus is coming. Straight to, stay true to his promise. Stay true to his word. When the battles come, when the struggles come, and when you feel like you're not being used and you're not being placed where God wants you, and it's just trial after trial, and you're just... You're just being run over, over and over again while others are being used and others are being blessed. But you have this promise, but it's not coming forth. Hold on, because Jesus is going to bring it forth. Stay true to his promise. When the night grows darker, the light should burn brighter. Judges 13 and 2. It says, and there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. Are you seeing the pattern here? Are you seeing the pattern? Over and over, these great men of God, their mothers were barren. They could not create anything. The first thing Manoah's wife had to do to obtain her promise was to make a sacrifice. She couldn't live like the rest of the world. She had to turn away from some things. There were some things that she couldn't do. There's a lifestyle that we're gonna have to turn away from if we're gonna get the promises that God has for our life. There's some certain things that we're gonna have to turn away from. See, Manoah's wife was still a Jew. She was still a Christ- She was still living the way that everybody else lived. But there were, she had a Nazarite vow. She had a certain Certain vow that she couldn't do some things that even the average Christian could do. There's some things that some promises that we're gonna have to make some some major sacrifices in our lives. You may have to pray harder than anybody else prays. Fast more than anyone else fast. We're gonna have to make a sacrifice and turn away from some things. And then Samson comes forth and he has this Nazarite vow and he has this power. This amazing Holy Ghost power as long as he keeps this vow. But as soon as Samson breaks his Nazarite vow, he loses the promise of all of his power. As soon as we break our vow to God, we're going to lose our promise. We can't just think. We can't just get prideful that when we gain our promise, it's just there to stay. Because no, we are still under subjection and submission of an almighty God. We are nothing without God. Don't become too prideful in your promise and think that you don't owe it all to God and receive all your strength from God. We are nothing without him. We are nothing without the one true God. 1 Samuel 1, 5. But unto Hannah... He gave a worthy portion for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut her womb. And verse six says, and her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut her womb. I just want to stay on on that verse six for a minute. Her adversary had also provoked her sore for to make her fret. See, when, you're, when promises are coming your way, you're going to have adversaries come your way too. There's going to be some fret and some worry that starts to come in. Your promise is going to be a battle. Your promise is going to be a struggle. But there will be peace in the middle of the storm. There's going to be peace in the middle of the storm. I just want to talk about peace for just a moment. First off, the devil's out to rob your peace confusion was one of the number one devices that the devil uses worry fret confusion he's out to steal your peace first and foremost because if he takes your peace then where is the joy if he takes your peace there is no joy see good appears as evil and evil appears as good in this last day and we're so worried about about terrorism and politics in our everyday life, that there there is no peace. We're living and we're walking for God, but there's no peace. We're walking day after day after day, but there's no peace. But Jesus is peace. When I think of the staple image of peace in the Bible, I think of Jesus calming the storm. The disciples asleep on the, or the disciples on the boat Worried, fretting over what's going to happen. They're in the middle of this violent storm. But Jesus is down sleeping. He has peace. But here's a thought. Peace cannot function without po- opposition. Peace cannot function without first opposition. If I'm sitting home at my ca- on my couch all week long, never even trying to do any bit of work, I may feel great, but that's not peace. That's just laziness. Peace needs a problem in order to be able to function. Peace has to function in the middle of a problem, in the middle of a circumstance, in the middle of trouble. So Jesus gets up in the middle of the problem, in the middle of the violent storm, and speaks to the wind and says, peace, be still. Now, when I read that before, I'm like, oh, situation gone. Peace be still. There's no more, no more problems, no more concern. But be still. In Greek, is thimaho, thimaho, and it doesn't mean literally to be still, but it means to close the mouth with a muzzle, to make speechless, to reduce to silence. When God gets up and speaks to the wind. He doesn't say still. He says, shut your mouth. You see, the water and the waves weren't the problem. It was the wind that caused the waters to be stirred. We still have to go through the water. They still had to sail across to the other side. But it was the wind that caused the waters to be stirred. It was the the talking. The devil is the prince of the air. He is the prince of the air. He constantly is trying to speak, speak worry, speak fret to your situation, speak problems into your life when really there is no worry because God has it all in control. There is no problems because God already has it in control. He is peace. He is peace. Our fret doesn't come from the situation, but it comes from the wind. It comes from what the devil tries to put in our mind and the words that the enemy puts in our mind, the fret that comes. But God says, peace, be still. It is the same, same word when the devils, when Jesus is casting out the devils and they say, you are the son of God, you are the son of God. And Jesus says, hold thy peace. It is the same peace be still Is hold thy peace. Shut your mouth, devil. He closes it up with a muzzle. The devil can't talk to you anymore. Some of you need to look at your situation and your problem and just speak to it and say, devil, shut your mouth. I have peace in this. I'm still going to go through the storm. I'm still going to walk through the water, but I have peace. You have authority in your situation. You have the king of kings and the lord of lords. I'm going to go through these waters in peace. And Hannah's peace was attacked. But she was so desperate. She got so desperate. She reached such a deep point of intercession that the priest said, you're drunk, woman. But then when he found out, he said, oh, no, you're going to bring forth a son. God spoke that word. Desperation is the perfect circumstance for God to come in. Desperation is the perfect circumstance for God to come in. Some of our promises we're not going to be able to achieve until we become desperate for them, until there's nothing else that we can do. These women were barren, they had no nothing. There were no doctors at that time that could help them. There was nothing that could help them. They, all they had is a promise. All they had is a word from God. They were desperate. But God said, once you're desperate, that's when I'm coming in. That's when I'm going to do my work. That's when I'm going to fulfill your promise. Hannah's, Hannah's promise brought the word of God into the lives of so many we are promised that the voice of God is going to be present in our lives. Samuel went forth, and he was the voice of God for the next 80 years. Let's just lift up our hands right now and let God talk to us. Let his voice talk to us. We have a promise that he's going to speak with us. When we send our praises up, he's going to come back down and speak with us. In Jesus, name. Jesus, name. hallelujah, Jesus. 2 Samuel 6 and 23 says, Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. This is one woman in the midst of the seven who did not obtain the promise that she could have gotten. She not, did not obtain what God could have given her. When you think about it, Michael could have been in the lineage of Jesus she was David's first wife she could have been in that lineage of Jesus she had she could have had that promise on her but there are two things that can cause all contracts with God to be broken number one is a spirit of judgment as soon as we have a spirit of judgment God says, no, I'm taking that back. They don't deserve that. They don't deserve my promises. And number two is a lack of praise. Michael looked down on David and she judged him while he danced in the streets. While she sat up high, she wasn't going to praise in the streets. But David didn't care. David didn't care. He got out in the streets. He said, I'm taking off. I'm taking off my priestly robe. I'm taking off my priestly robe, and I'm getting down. I'm getting down in the streets, and I'm going to worship him down in the streets. I'm going to praise him down in the streets, because if you don't have humility, if you don't have humility with your praise, if you don't have humility with your worship, God's not going to give it to you. God's not going to give it to you. It's back to Samson with pride. As soon as you have pride, God takes the promise back away. But when you have humility and you get down and you start praising God and you start worshiping him, God says, they deserve my promise. They deserve what I'm going to give them. They are the ones that deserve. But when you sit back and just cross your arms and fold your arms and you don't want any part of praise and you don't want any part of worship and you just say, oh, that's not for me. That's not part of me. I'm not, I'm not called to do that. But when you get down and you worship and you praise him, that's when God is going to fulfill your promises. That's when God brings miracles. That's when God brings signs. That's when God brings wonders. 2 Kings 4.14 And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, well, she has no son, and her husband is old. This is a conversation between Elisha the prophet and his servant Gehazi. And they're talking with the Shunammite woman. Talking about the Shunammite woman here. For those of you who don't know, the Shunammite woman took in Elisha. She started giving to him. She started she said, let me make a room for him. Let me, let me fulfill everything that the prophet needs. There's something to be said about when you start pleasing and when you start being a servant to the man of God. God's going to start giving promises to you. As soon as you start lifting up the man of God and start serving the man of God and start blessing the man of God, God's going to come back down and bless you. So Elisha goes and he speaks to the woman. And he says, you're going to have a son. This woman was old in age. She was not, she couldn't have a son. She was barren. See, and as soon as he said, you're going to have a son, she said, oh, Lord, don't, t- oh, prophet, don't tell me something that's not going to happen. But sure enough, when the man of God speaks a word, it's going to happen. Right. Amen. Sure enough, she bears forth a son. See, God's going to start hitting you with blessings that you didn't even ask for. The Shunammite woman started serving and blessing the ministry, and God started giving her blessings that were the desires of her heart, but she never even sent up. She never even asked the prophet. The Shunammite woman started blessing, and in return, a miracle was provided for her. But he didn't stop there. Her son dies. Her blessing dies. Her promise dies. What God gives her is now laying dead in her arms. And she goes to her husband to go get the prophet. And her husband tells her, what, don't, get, don't go get the prophet now. It's not a Sabbath. It's not the right time. But again, desperation. She would not refuse a miracle. She would not refuse her miracle, but she got desperate. She went to the prophet herself and said, I'm not going back until you come with me, Elisha. I'm not going back until I receive my miracle. Who in here is going to keep knocking on the throne room of God? Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. Keep on searching. Because if you keep on, God's going to honor your desperation and he's going to come back and give you his miracle. Elisha brought forth the promise of a miracle. It was barren. There was nothing there. He brings forth a son. It was, bar- it was dead again, and he brings him back to life. Luke chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, and they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. Elizabeth goes forth, and she bears a son, and that son becomes John the, Baptist. John the Baptist. John the Baptist proclaimed a message of repentance from sins. He was the forerunner for Jesus Christ. Before we ever experience Jesus, we need re- repentance. Repentance. Before we ever experience this, we've got to have repentance. No one has ever received the Holy Ghost without first repenting. It's impossible. John brought forth repentance, and then Jesus came. Just like now, when we bring forth repentance from our own lips, Jesus is going to come in. It's a promise, and it's going to happen. Yeah. Repentance is a daily task. Paul said, I die daily. We must fall at the feet of Jesus each and every day because only he can fulfill our promises. Only he can give liberty. Only he can give everlasting life. Each of these women were completely barren. All seven barren. All seven given a promise. Impossible to man, impossible to the world, impossible at that time, yet each one of them comes forth by God, and each one of those promises is here for every person in this room today. Each one of those promises are in this room today, and you can have each and every one of them. Stand with me right now. God's about to do a work in here. How much faith do we have? Who wants it more, you or hell? Who wants the promise more? This isn't just, you know, come in and worship God and lift up God and go back and live on our ways. God has given us some things that we may not even know we can receive Because we don't even want it bad enough. We don't have the faith enough. Do you believe that your promise is going to happen more than hell believes that it won't? Do you believe that it's going to happen more than God believes that it won't? I know this pastor is a man of God that believes it's going to happen. I know that this family, this ministry is a family that believes revival is going to happen. The church takes on a spirit of the pastor, so there should be enough faith in here that whatever you ask in Jesus, it shall be done. Whatever you ask, John 15, 16, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Matthew 18, 19, for when two or three gather together and agree on earth about anything they ask, I will give it to him. 1 John three twenty two And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments. God's about to dump out some promises to his church here today. Those vials, those prayers that are stored up in heaven, God's about to take some and pour out on this church and say they deserve this promise now. They need it now. They want it now. Is there anybody that needs that promise Now. When you get specific in your prayers today, God will answer you with specific results. Here's what I felt to do in this place. And it's going to be a little different, but God's going to move in here. I want to split up into four different groups of promises. Over here, by Spencer, if we could have everyone who wants the promise of Sarah, who wants to see something happen in their family, who has a family need, who needs someone saved in their family, has a lot, has a lost loved one that they need to return home, who needs something to happen in their family. Over here are the promises of Sarah. Up here, right in the left side of the altar area, are the promises of Hannah. You desperately need a word of God. You desperately need... A word from God. You need that power. You need that favor of Joseph. You need something to happen down in this place. If you need a word, if you need something from God, come right down here in this place. Over here are the promises that sh- the Shunammite woman received. You need a miracle. You need a miracle in this place. I believe there's going to be some miracles happening here. Does anybody believe it? And over on the right side by the baptistry are the promises that were brought forth by John. You want to experience God for the first time. You need the Holy Ghost or you need a fresh fire to fall on you. You need something fresh. You need something new down inside of you. When I was praying, I felt to do this. And I'm, I believe that God's going to pour out some promises here today. He's going to pour out some things here today. He said, I'm not going to bring forth a promise. I'm not going to give you a promise and then not bring it forth. There's some spiritual birthing that needs to take place in this place. There's some things that need to come forth in here. And God proclaimed it in his word. There's some spiritual promises that are about to be birthed right here. I want to ask Brother Jordan to come pray a prayer of faith. I pray that everyone, if you, if you don't fit into one of these categories, if you just gather around the front here and help pray for the ones that are in here and help pray, and if nothing else, come up here to my front because we all need a word from God. We all need direction. We all need direction and to be led into new paths of righteousness each and every day. So I'm asking Brother Jordan to come and pray a prayer of faith here today, and God's going to move. I want everybody to take about two steps forward to make room. I want everybody to be able to get here around the front. There you go. Take a couple of steps forward.